Hi there, we're Northern Missionary Baptist Church family. It's good to be with you today via video, our Wednesday video where we just talk about the sermon from the Sunday before. Uh, this past Sunday, yesterday for us, uh, was Palm Sunday where we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry coming into Jerusalem, the people crying out, Hosanna. And while we didn't focus on that particular passage, we looked, at least according to the Gospel of John, something right after. Now again, I, I did say this yesterday, but it doesn't necessarily mean that what we looked at, verse 20, happened right after the triumphal entry, because John doesn't seem to be too concerned with chronology in his, in his Gospel that he wrote. <clears throat> we still looked at that, but with, with in mind, the triumphal entry um, occurring. So uh, maybe we can talk just real briefly. What's the... Uh, what is the big significance of Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, when we're thinking about Jesus and heading to the cross and all that? Um, why do we have a Palm? Why do we have a Palm Sunday? Why is it a big deal? What do you guys think? Scott. Scott. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> just a second ago, he was going to take us through the whole Bible, but like two words. <laughs> now he. Now he passes to you after the first question. <laughs> yeah, I'm all talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, Palm Sunday is kind of the beginning of what we would call Holy Week. It's we know, like, I mean, the passage that you preached on. He talked about this. It's it's Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem, and um, it kind of just sets the stage for where things are going and what's going to be happening mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. throughout that week. Mm. There's a big deal, though. I think also just. Um, I don't know if the words theologically or what, but just with the triumphal entry of them really kind of crowning him as this one that they've been waiting for, crying mm -hmm. out Hosanna. And it seems as if when we read the triumphal entry that the Jewish people are accepting the Savior, right? I mean, that's kind of what it seems like as you read it. The throngs of people and the Pharisees even saying in John 12, 19, mm -hmm. like, look at this. Right. Every, no matter what we do, everybody is being drawn yeah. to him. And it, if you're reading John, it don't, if you get to that point in the book, you're like, here it is. He's gonna be, he's gonna be crowned king, right? Here mm -hmm. comes the kingdom. Right. It's, it's about to, it's about to happen. It's, it's right. about to take place. Um, and so that's a, that's a big deal, I think, just in the, in the storyline. Because when mm -hmm. we think about uh, King David and that his line, the line and the promise that God had made with David, the covenant with David, mm -hmm. like that stuff. Start sparking in your mind as you're seeing this triumphal entry, right? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, to me. That's one of the reasons why it's so important mm -hmm. that it that it happened. It took place. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Nothing. Yeah. You got nothing still. All right. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I recently listened to, and so I'll throw out a resource. Uh, if you were to search, there's a, an online radio program called Issues, etc. It's a Lutheran radio program, but mm -hmm. one of the things they've done, they've got an old interview from like 2003. There's a guy named Paul Meyer, and he taught at Western Michigan University. Um, and they have an entire episode just talking about, with him as an academic historian, about the last week of Jesus' life, because he's, he's like an ancient historian. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was very helpful, because um, he sets up all of the, you know, from the triumphal entry, goes through the whole week, and kind of just really helps you... Um, Understand that. So, if you were to like search issues, etc., final week of Jesus, Paul Meyer, something like that, you could probably find it. Um, one of the things that really makes the triumphal entry so big and why everybody is celebrating Jesus is because of what he just did in chapter 11, mm -hmm. which is raising G uh, Lazarus. Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So, what he's done <clears throat> is he he's performed a miracle 
within a, a miracle that no one can deny right next to Jerusalem. This is not like something, just a rumor from Galilee anymore. Mm -hmm. Jesus is doing this right here. I mean, he's done this, I guess, before perhaps in uh, chapter 9 with the opening of the blind man. But this is a big deal. And everybody is saying, oh my goodness, look what Jesus did. And that's why they're wanting to kill Lazarus because mm -hmm. no one can deny Lazarus was dead, but now he's alive. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday that's the background. Everyone's celebrating him. Everyone's, you know, raising the hands and thinking, you know, this is, you know, Jesus is coming to town. And uh, he's the king of Israel. He's the son of David, and he's riding on a donkey mm -hmm. on everybody. I got to believe, you know, not only prophecies, but they're remembering David rode in on a donkey. Mm -hmm. And so all these royal things are coming into their minds. And um, Jerusalem is... <clears throat> At this point, it's almost like it's a, it's a powder keg just waiting for a spark to set it on fire mm -hmm. and just waiting for Jesus to make that last move right. because they're ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so anyway, I just think that's part mm -hmm. of the context. And so Jesus is going, going very public here. Before, he was always like, it's not my hour, like you were pointing out. And, and no, he's kind of like, you know, discouraging people. But now, no, this is, this is the week. Mm -hmm. This is whenever our, the gloves come off. And he's going to reveal everything about himself. Yeah, and that really was, uh, I think, what drew me to this this verse was thinking about now's my time. You know, the the hour has the hour has come. I think we've all been in situations before where we were looking to the future for something in our own life, whether it's starting a new job or maybe getting married or. You know, uh, maybe having a child. Like, there's all these things, and you do all this prep work, you do all this stuff, but it, it it still seems like when the hour comes, you're not ready. There's still like this frantic feeling, or I don't know if I'm really prepared for this. There's second guessing, all all different kinds of things that happen um, in our in our life when we have these moments. And just trying to think of that on the scale of what Jesus is a, is approaching, because. I mean, talking from his humanity side, which you can't divorce his humanity from his divinity, but he was fully man. And so, no doubt, he, like it said later, he knew the difficulty that awaited him, you know. And so, this mixed bag of emotions mm -hmm. in your humanity of sitting on a donkey, people chant, you know, chanting at you, and they're so happy that you. Are here, but knowing that one, they don't have a full grasp of really what's happening in the moment, um, and then two, knowing what lies ahead in just a few days. You know what he's about to have to bear, um, and there's a lot of questions. I guess you can bring that. How much did he understand? How it would hurt? I don't know. I don't know all that. All those answers, but he knew what was coming, and it's interesting because the father is directing that the hour has come to. Because for a long time now, the Pharisees have been trying to figure out how can we get this guy? How can we get this guy? And there was times when it was like they wanted to lay hands on him, but the hour hadn't come. Mm -hmm. They couldn't. They couldn't mm -hmm. do it. But now the Father is orchestrating and has orchestrated from before time began mm -hmm. that this was going to be the moment when he would let them get him right? They would be able to lay hands on him. They would be able to arrest him, 
right? And it what you don't see, as we'll look at, you know, with Good Friday stuff, we don't see Jesus fighting it. You know, we don't see him running away from it. And it's because of that phrase, the hour, it, it was the time. It was the time for this to happen, for him to be the sacrifice. And I don't know, that was just gripping to me to think uh, about how all of history comes down to this mm. week, mm. really. I mean, it comes down to this week, and it's so big, and it's so it's so huge uh, to think about the ramifications of what's taking place. And I mean, think about it. This is the week that the wrath of God would be satisfied on His Son, and that's a that's a big deal, you know. And Jesus is telling them there in John chapter twelve, verse twenty three. You know, some Greeks come to Him. And we don't know if they asked a question. We don't know anything, but it just says Jesus answered them. And the way he answers them, almost like it's like a a relief, I feel like. Like, okay, the hour has come. Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. And uh, I don't know. Again, that just really, that sentence just really struck me thinking about, okay, the time, the time is time is here you know the time is now and I hope I did a good enough job getting that across you know um, each week for me preaching every week I, I spend all week preparing I spend all week studying but there is this weird sitting on the front pew moment that we're singing the song before I have to come up where it's like well <laughs> whatever I did hopefully it was <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't, I mean, you guys. Let her rip, dear chip. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the feeling you have, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's no backing out at that moment, you know? There's, it's like, now's, now, now's the time. All, all <laughs> the this prep, yeah, all this prayer, all this stuff is, here it goes, mm-hmm. you know? And let's let's hope it's okay. And, and so I just think it, I don't know, it felt very real to me, that verse of Jesus saying that. Yeah. Just, now's my time for mm-hmm. what I'm here for. It's it's time, and when you think about what that means for Jesus, to me that's just astounding. I can't imagine being in that position. Like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, you know, it just seems difficult. Uh, we talked about though last week, or in the sermon, I'm sorry, um, that Jesus said, "Not just the hour has come, but He said for the Son, for the Son of Man." This was an interesting phrase to study, and I would encourage those listening to, if you're interested, to study that. Uh, and to dive maybe deeper into that to to see that. I know you had said you've done some studying on the Son of Man. I don't know when that was. It might have been a while ago now, for all I know. I don't know if if you have. But Old Testament just really littered with Son of Man references. I, I read the one in, in Daniel, mm-hmm. but it's also all through um, Ezekiel. It has a lot of Son of Man references. And then it's used in the Gospels uh, a lot of a lot of different times. Scott, what did you find, or you know, maybe there was something that you wanted to bring out in your studies of of Son of Man, just just briefly. Yeah, I mean, essentially, when we hear the words Son of Man, and that's how in in some of the Gospels, that's almost how Jesus primarily referred to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think that doesn't make any sense because he would probably want people to know that he's the Son of God um, and to see the the side of his divinity. But at least in the context of the Old Testament, like that's it does simply mean human, but 
who it was applied to and where it was talked about in the sense of pro in the prophecies that were going on, there was clearly something special about this son of man yeah. uh, mm -hmm. that was not merely human. There was something divine mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so Jesus using that phrase, while it does highlight his humanity, it also highlights his divinity at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, but I mean, that's essentially the product yeah. of, you know, of understanding that phrase. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a person who hasn't studied it at all would simply read that as Jesus is referring to himself as a human, but he's he's referring to himself as more than that. It's not he's referring human. to himself as the the human. Yeah, really. And in Ezekiel, you know, he's called the Son of Man, but the reference there is like the weakness of humanity. You know, is being put mm -hmm. on him. Like, yeah, you represent human mm -hmm. as weakness, sinful, all these mm -hmm. all these different things. But with Jesus, we see you represent perfection of what humans should be, mm -hmm. right? It should have been all along with no sin, with following the Father's will every step of the way. And that's the human that's going to the cross when it's weird because Ezekiel should have been the one going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he represents all this bad, mm. of you know, uh, but yet we have the perfect one now who's, who's going to the cross. There are some uh, deep stuff that you can get in with the Son of Man and like the Daniel, the Daniel verse that I read, you can find a lot on on that. You know, what does this what does this mean? Some people, like in the Daniel one, some people say this represents the remnant of Israel that was left. Some say no, it, it's it's an individual. You can tell, you know, because of this and that. Um, I would just again encourage you to to study that. There was no need I felt in the message to dive too deep into the Son of Man and to get into that because that wasn't the point of of the message. But I would encourage you to to do your homework and study that and to learn about it. Uh, there's great blessing in, in doing that. I don't, do you have anything else mm -hmm. on the Son of Man, the Son of Man stuff? No? Okay, good. Uh, let's go down. I did like, I don't know, I really like the Spurgeon quote that I read, if you guys <laughs> remember it. I want to mention it because it was, it was good for me to think about how Jesus was perfect all the way till his last breath. You know, and try to think about how you would respond getting beat, you know, unfairly, unjustly. You know, the whole way when Pontius Pilate's trying you, you'd be like, well, I am not guilty of any of this stuff. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. They're nuts, mm -hmm. you know, but yet this, just this perfection of to follow the Father's will mm -hmm. all the way through and to really be tried. Like, mm -hmm. in his humanity, just tried to the nth degree, as mm -hmm. high as he could get. But yet, how Spurgeon pointed out, you know, he was the gold that was put to the furnace, mm. and there was no imperfect, no nothing floated up to the top to skim off. Mm -hmm. That that I remember reading that, like, wow, that that mm. nails it. Because mm. for us, every day it seems like just a little fire goes under us, and there it is. There's the bad thoughts. There's the, you know, accusations against somebody else instantly comes up. But yet, mm. in Jesus, uh, when he uses Son of Man and his humanity. It's just not there. Just this obedience to the Father at all times and in every everything. It really, uh, I think one, it convicts me, um, but two, it allows me to praise because he did it for me, right? And so uh, there's still this standard, right, that as Christians we want to live up to. I, I want to be like Jesus. I want to not sin. Um, but I, when I read something like that, and I'm just reminded of how easy it still is for me to, 
to sin. You know, just maybe you guys don't have this in your relationships, but at home, it seems the littlest thing can set me off to say, you know, like this morning, I'll give you an example. This is a good example of sinning probably very early in the morning, but make I make my son sausage and hash browns, and you think he'd be, be very happy about that. Hand it to him. What, no ketchup? Okay, right, okay. The sin is about to come out, and it's going to be my foot <laughs> hitting you somewhere. You know? you know, I was like, no, 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 I'm not getting you, right, already. But that's such a little dumb thing to set me off, but it, i like, okay, I'm so, fr so frustrated. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just think about, like, yeah, our sin, we so often try to blame it on the circumstances or yeah. the people that we are around, whether it is somebody that is a little ungrateful for something mm -hmm. you've done right, for yeah. them without them even asking for it. Mm -hmm. Or like, I mean, the idea of, you said it's early in the morning, of people using the excuse, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And what they really mean by that is I'm mean and grouchy and nasty <laughs> yeah. in the morning, don't talk to me. Uh -huh. Well, really, like I get we my can coffee. Eat, yeah, till I get my coffee <laughs> or two or three cups right. of now coffee. That's, I think <laughs> coffee is okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's an okay excuse. It's an ordinance. It's an ordinance. <laughs> yeah. you do, we do need yeah. that. It's a means and, of grace. Yeah, but we, you know, we, what we're really saying a lot of times when we say that is, this is my excuse for being sin, for for being prone to sin, in this mm -hmm. period of the day, is yeah. that I'm not a morning person, I'm not an evening person, you know, or things like that. And uh, and but Jesus, he was not prone to those same circumstantial situations. Mm -hmm. It's like at all times of the day and mm -hmm. night, mm -hmm. in all social pressure situations coming in, uh, he he ne he never sinned. And yeah, he, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, he never yeah, did. Yeah, that song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. You know, and it's interesting because like when somebody says that about the morning, they're, they're kind of saying what we're singing in that song. You know your sin so well that you know when you're probably going to sin. Yeah. That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. You know, it just shows the depth of our, it shows mm -hmm. the depth of our sin and how much we struggle with it. And yet Jesus didn't, I mean, if anyone had the right to tell everyone you're wrong and get it, it was him and but no, he obeyed the Father because he knew that the hour had come now. He had he had to die. He was going mm -hmm. to that cross. And mm -hmm. so there was, even though he had every right legally, you know, for justice purposes in man's eyes to say, I'm not guilty of this. You know, I, I shouldn't be going here. And he could have got counsel to probably get him off, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, he wasn't willing to do that mm -hmm. because he wanted to obey the Father mm -hmm. more than that. And uh Thankfully, thankfully, he did that. The last part of that sentence that we talked about, it was, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Um, I talked about just some, some reversals. How is it, I'd like to hear from you guys, how is it that we can look at the cross, and not the cross that we see today, right? When we, when we, when we display a cross, we display a cross that's empty. And there's a reason for that, because we believe it is empty. He died, he was buried, and he rose again, and now he's ascended on high. Jesus isn't still on the cross. <clears throat> but how can we look at the cross that Jesus is on, you know, and to, to think about what he must have looked like in that moment and say, this is glorifying. How does that, how does that work? What is Jesus talking about there, to be glorified? Well, I mean, um, this is what, you know, we've been waiting for this glory 
to be seen. And Jesus has shown his splendor, glory, talking about his splendor, his grandeur, his magnificence. And uh, we've been seeing glimpses of that in the miracles uh, that Jesus has done. And at the very beginning of John's gospel, John tells us the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Mm-hmm. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the question is, is okay, so when did John behold the glory? And glory that shows that this is the only begotten Son of God. John tells us that's on the cross. That's when we saw the splendor of the King. That's mm-hmm. when we saw the splendor and the magnificence of God was on the cross. Whenever Moses saw God's the backside of God's glory, God had to tuck him away in a cleft of the rock and let his name pass by him. And he said, I'm the Lord, the Lord of God, gracious and merciful, abounding in yeah. steadfast uh-huh. love. And now John is saying that glory that Moses saw the backside of, we've seen even greater splendor whenever the king was on the cross. And so... John is trying to teach us this amazing reversal that the splendor and the grandeur and the weightiness of Jesus Christ is seen on the cross. It kind of makes me think of uh, sometimes you can see it in, in like sports movies or, um, you know, like, like one of the crazy things. Uh, well, one of my favorite movies to watch is, uh, is actually the movie Cinderella Man. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a point, point where he's fighting, right? He's, he's the guy, uh, Jim Braddock is the Cinderella man. And he's the Cinderella man because he represents, he's, he's a guy who was down on his luck like so many people were in the Great Depression. And he represents the common man. He was, he, they, everyone watches him and they think, that's me. He's fighting for us. <clears throat> and he's fighting the champion. And there's a point in the fight against Max Baer that um who's the the champion right and max bears giving him all he's got and there's a point where everyone's ready for braddock to fall Mm -hmm. but he doesn't he's bleeding he's sweaty he looks disgusting but he refuses to go down Mm -hmm. and in a sense that's glorious that he's taken everything that you've got and he will not go down and that's what happened to jesus he took everything all the wrath, everything Satan could throw at him, and he didn't go down. He came. I mean, back. he went down. Well, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like uh-huh. there was no imperfection found in right, him. Right. Right. He faced it down to the end, and then he only went down on his terms when he said, "It is it's finished. finished. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. Yeah, work is over." And so I just think that's the Son of Man's glory is whenever he did it all for us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. finished it. Yeah. It's, you know, John, you were talking about John, and in John's gospel, it he says that he was there. I mean, he was, John yeah. was at the foot of the yeah. cross with his mother, with Jesus's mother, because mm-hmm. Jesus would tell him to take care of, to take yeah. care of my mother. Yeah. And it says he took him in, he took her in at that very hour. Yeah. And so John would have been, you know, present to see Jesus, as you said, in all his, in all his glory. Well, Jesus, and he cross. opens up his epistle. That which our hands have handled and our eyes have seen. Right. He's talking about himself. He's not talking about all of us have seen that. He's saying, mm-hmm. I saw him. I touched him. Yeah. I observed him. Yeah. That was the glory that right. I got to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, 
it's so backwards to if we were to write this story it's backwards to what we would do because again i think the way most people would do it is you'd have the triumphal entry and you might have like after that because everyone's like oh it's about to happen you might have a a scene or a couple chapters where it's like oh he goes down in the dumps again right something happens yeah but but actually he ends up being king right he ends up reigning that, that that's a good story that's that's what we want to see in our like in what you're talking about in that movie he gets punched one last time done the end right what a bad movie here right? right we're all like wait a second right. <laughs> i needed him to win i needed him to yeah. come back yeah and but yet that's not the story that god had planned it was no he's gonna go to the cross and die mm -hmm. and then there's silence mm -hmm. you know there's there's silence for days and it's like what you know what what is going on here do you have something to say about the glory I mean, I was just thinking of another movie reference of where uh, last night we watched Tangled uh, with the kids, <laughs> and it's like totally different. I love Cinderella Man. Would sure. Watch it, would watch it over Tangled no, okay. any day. But, you know, at the end, I don't even know the guy's name, like the 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 one guy that uh, that Rapunzel saves uh, uh, at the end. What's his name? Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider. So Flynn Rider, you know, he's he's been stabbed. And he's going to die, right? And but he's like the hero of the movie in that moment where it's like Rapunzel's a, like agreed with this evil lady to go with her and never fight her mm -hmm. and just be gone forever, mm -hmm. lost forever. And you know she's going to heal him so that she will do that. But in one last act of sacrifice, mm -hmm. what does he do? He cuts all of her hair off mm -hmm. so that you can't heal me, and now she has no more use for you. By my death, you've been saved. Mm -hmm. And then, but. He's resurrected through the magical ability that she still has, or whatever, and uh, and so like in that in that moment, like like that is his highest point in that movie when he sacrifices himself to save her, mm -hmm. so that she will not be imprisoned for the rest of her mm -hmm. life to this mm -hmm. lady. But even then, through that, there's the great crescendo of what happens of like he still comes back through this yeah. magic. But that's just a movie reference. But it's just another example of this guy who starts out pretty low. His, this is the mm -hmm. most glorious moment. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to read like Jesus talks more about the the glory that is about to happen in John 17 uh, in his high priestly prayer. He says in verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you've given him authority over all flesh and give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God. In Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. You know, and so it's just this idea of like, this is the moment. This is the, the saving act. And mm -hmm. he's saying, God, I, I have glorified you on earth. Now the time has come to glorify mm -hmm. me. Uh, yeah. It's know. very easy for us, I think, to look at this story and to... Think how ignorant the Jews were, how ignorant the Pharisees were to to do this. But I still think it's something we struggle with today because what they were looking for in the Messiah was power. They were looking for might. They were looking for you're going to overthrow the Roman government and you're going to establish our land back again. You know, and we're gonna we're gonna have all that we had before. Um, and with Jesus, they weren't getting that right. They they weren't seeing that. And so what they what did they decide to do? Well, we'll get rid of this guy. He's obviously not the Messiah. And so we're going to get rid of him. And, and then, again, in the, in the reversal, 
by sending him to the cross, he is actually accomplishing his task because the real need for people wasn't power, isn't land, you know, isn't all of these different things. What is needed is a sacrifice for your sins. Your sins need to be atoned for. And this mob, this this group was accomplishing that, not realizing that. They their greatest need was being met. And still today people struggle with the exact same thing, you know, when when they look for answers in their life or when we look for solutions, the answer becomes power, the answer becomes materials, the answer becomes money, it becomes these things. That, that's what we try to attain to. That's what we think is going to work. And while that's all good, I guess, in, in worldly, worldly settings, that's not the need of man. That's not my biggest need, and that's not their, their biggest need. Uh, what we need is a, is a Savior. We need one to atone for our sins because we cannot, we cannot do it. And as we celebrate this week and coming into this weekend, we'll, we'll be here for Good Friday, our Good Friday service, and then for Sunday. It is, it is kind of odd to celebrate somebody dying, <laughs> but we also then have Sunday where we celebrate yeah, but he rose again and he conquered it. And that's actually the need of this, of this world. And um, hopefully in your life personally as a Christian, hopefully us as a church collectively, we stay focused on that, that this is the need of the world. And not to get lost in, like I said, in the power struggles of the world, not to get lost in the the thought of money and that that's what's going to make it. Or, you know, if this celebrity would just become a Christian, you know, then, then everything is going to work. Then people will fall. That's, that's not how it is, right? That the power is in the cross, the power of the cross. It's in, it's in his word. And hopefully we're reminded of that as we go through this week and, and dwell on that. Uh, hopefully as a church, we, we think about that. Uh, you know, you'll hear people say during this week, uh, we should celebrate Easter all the time. You know, you hear that around Christmas too. We should be celebrating this all the time. That's true, but I am thankful that we have like a week that we really think about, right? Mm -hmm. Realign our, our focus. I think that's something good that we have because uh, we are so weak. We tend to stray and forget. And I, I'm glad that we have like this time where we have a good Friday and we have Easter just to reorient and keep our, keep our focus. I hope to never try to get too cute with those things, you know, Sunday, my plan, we are going to talk about the resurrection, right? I mean, expect that. It's now, it's nothing hidden, uh, no dance party here or anything like that. It's, we're going to talk about the resurrection because it's most important thing that has happened. And we believe that God uses that and that's the power. So you guys got anything else to say at all? No. Well, I, I hope you take some time. I hope this was helpful to you maybe in some way. Uh, maybe you have a question or something. Feel free to always get with us if you have a question about something. We'd be more than happy to talk to you um, about it. Hope to see you on Friday for our Good Friday service from 6 to 7 uh, here at the church, something new that we're doing. Uh, pray, pray that God will be glorified in that. And then also be here Sunday uh, for Easter. We look forward to that uh, to that day together. But uh, thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a blessed week.